0: Alright, hey guys, this is the Technology Podcast. You're joined by the faces of Paul, Jamal, and Marvin. Today we're joined with Aisha, who's a cyber security, what do I call you? A specialist?
1: I'm a consultant.
0: You're a consultant. Great. Um, so yeah, in today's episode, we'll be talking about cybersecurity and Aisha's journey into tech. So let's get started. Okay. So what should we
2: talk
0: uh, where should we start? Um, okay, let's just start with where your interest came from. I mean, you know, cybersecurity, that is, for me, that's only an up-and-coming thing. And, you know, you've been in the industry for how long now?
1: Um, I only just started.
0: Okay, great. Uh, okay.
1: Yeah, so I graduated uni last summer. Hmm. And I started working probably like seven, eight months ago.
0: Which uni did you attend, if you don't mind asking? Sorry? Which uni did you attend?
1: Uh, University of Hull.
0: Okay. Oh, so, wow, how, Hull you left us. <laughs> Whoa. But, you know, Hull was actually my second choice. So, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I remember
2: mentioning mentioned this before. Wow. Mm. University of Hull. Is that one of the best um, educational facilities for cybersecurity? Is it like...
1: Mm-hmm. You know, it's a It's a uni.
2: You get educated. <laughs> <laughs> Paul just there nodded. She just right
3: now. <laughs> oh my god! What was it like up there, though? No? Because hey, I don't even like ghost town.
1: Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was a uni. Wow! Uh. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Had
0: an experience. <laughs> She's had an experience out there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Where did your interest into cybersecurity come from?
1: So my family has always been very like into science and technology, and uh, I always knew that I wanted to do something with computers. And then, uh, if you know a show called Mr. Robot, yeah. Oh. That came out about a year before I needed to apply for unis. Yeah. And I just kind of loved it. And I was a really nerdy kid. And uh, yeah, I was just like, yeah, cyber security is what I want to do. Um, so I did my BSc in computer science just to keep my options open. And yeah, just went from there.
0: Mm. Have you watched the recent season of Mr. Robert, by the way? Okay, Stop it. No, I don't do this. Wait, <laughs> they recent. Uh, there was a new season now. When did it come out? Like, I did not get the memo at all. Definitely this year, but it's been a while. Oh
3: my god, that's how you've know not been under a rock. Whoa! As far as this conversation goes,
2: yo, let's don't do that. We've got other stuff to do. If you spoil it for me, Paul, I'll break quarantine. I'm coming to find you.
3: Imagine <laughs> <Landon, laughs> <up. laughs> Liam Nielsen,
2: <bro>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. That's that's as far as that goes. All right. No problem. Um, Okay, so what was the transition into cybersecurity like? Um, Was it something that uni prepared you for or was it quite a transition?
1: I mean, the type of cybersecurity that I do. So as a consultant, my job isn't really as technical as people think it is. So I do a lot of working with people working on policy, that kind of thing, making sure that um yeah government's risk and compliance so for me it wasn't it wasn't a big jump it's all kind of you kind of learn on the job and it's if you have the environment where you can learn um then it's not too bad really uh, it
2: is it like when you went to uni and now you're actually doing your job did did you see like the the end goal being exactly where it is now like do you are you doing exactly what you expected to do once you left uni or you went to go study for
1: um yeah i think i'm doing exactly what i wanted to do i've when i started university i knew that i wanted to do cyber security at the end of it mm. and um yeah this is kind of like my dream job but I'm still working towards my dream job.
3: Mm. Okay. okay, that makes what? sense. So what? Are you want to say something? Yeah, I was gonna say. So, like, what like skills or like um, expertise do you need to 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 get into the position that you're in now? So, let's say someone that wants to get into the role, what mm-hmm. else do they have to take because I'm sure it's it's it ain't an easy one compared to. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm saying anything everyone else that's doing, but because obviously this is security, so I'm sure.
1: Mm. So the thing is with cybersecurity, there's lots of different ways into it and lots of different things you can do within cybersecurity. So for the role that I'm doing right now, it's kind of a general cybersecurity role doing consultancy. I talk to people who don't know cybersecurity. So the best skill that you need for my role right now is um being able to take those technical ideas from cybersecurity and translating them for non-technical people or Which non-security people it <laughs> is, is hard it definitely <laughs> is hard but i definitely say if you want to be a consultant, you need the people skills, you need to be able to explain yourself, and you need to be able to, even if you don't really know the answer, you need to be able to fake it till you make it. <laughs> and really just put your client at ease yeah. and let them know that you've got it.
4: Mm. Okay. Is that an ice cream then?
2: Oh, crap. <laughs> 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 I thought that most sounds would not be heard. Cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I was sorry. I didn't realise it was going to come through because normally even when the windows are closed, you can hear it. Sorry.
0: Uh, (laughs) Um, So my my question is um, just uh, surrounding the, if I'm allowed to ask actually, just surrounding the cybersecurity industry as it is right now, what is your biggest challenge that you guys face?
1: Mm. Um... This is a hard one because there's lots of technical challenges, but I think the biggest challenge that cybersecurity people face is people who don't know much about security or people who don't care about security. Mm. Because there's always this kind of uh, mentality in people. If you're in a company, it's like cybersecurity is the last thing that you want to do. It's like tacked on the end. So they're like, okay, we've done this. We've built this app. Now let security come look at it. It'll be fine. And then security comes in and is like, no, this, is, this isn't good. Mm. And then we're the bad people for saying no. Mm. So a lot of the time we have to manage people and manage their expectations. And I think the biggest challenge for cybersecurity is people who don't care. Mm. So... Mm. Even in my personal life, a lot of the time, say if there's a a big breach in a company that everyone's using, like a bank or um, however other many companies have had data breaches, everyone always thinks, well, I don't have anything to hide. My data isn't very important. So they don't really understand that cybersecurity is important because nobody cares. Mm. So we always have to fight a kind of uphill battle to say, you, this is actually important.
0: Oh, so that great. I think
1: is the biggest challenge.
0: Another thought, I never expected you to say people's attitudes towards cybersecurity. That's smart.
4: Mm.
3: I've, no. I've tried this before, yeah, at my job. People believe it.
4: Yeah.
2: yeah. I the thing that educate you is that you, if you're doing security, you actually have to build some security in mind from the offset, yep. you can't add yeah. it on and yeah. You has to be built alongside. So yeah, and I think it's 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 an ideology that's kind of like be phased out where people are just like, oh, we just don't care. You don't mm-hmm. care about screen because then when you that's when you come and you find out there's a ton of apps that we all use that have a ton of screen breaches that we don't realise. Yeah. Be listening.
3: Be listening. Your friends are
2: listening. It's People think about it so last minute. So she's very, very correct.
1: Always, it's always the last thing that they think about. It's always. They want to get mad at us because we say, oh, this isn't right. But it's mm. them that started it off. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to uh, make people understand that they have to stop and think for a little while. Yeah. So that's always, that's always a challenge.
0: Mm. Wow. Um, I mean, like, when I speak to people, maybe not specifically about um, cybersecurity, but obviously, maybe you can see the correlation that I'm trying to make um, Mm -hmm. is that whenever it goes into anything that is concerned with data, people think hacking or, you know, malicious hacking, malicious code or Mm -hmm. ethical hacking or whatnot. I remember even for myself, like just my attitudes towards um cybersecurity data and I can uh, et cetera, et cetera, is that that hacking side of it is just where the attraction is. You know, oh yeah, I will be able to say that I hacked this and I did that. Um so would you say like or is there any are there any myths that you just wanna just get over and done with said outright, <laughs> like this is just a myth, just don't listen to that about this or that?
1: Um I think- malicious hacking and whatever else it's so very much in the news, it's very much in media, everyone knows the stereotype of the guy in the hoodie in the basement they're typing away with a billion screens but
2: (laughs) (laughs) any one of the three guys I'm talking to right now,
3: I'm joking (laughs) I'm joking, I'm joking that was quick. I'll give you that Hey, yo, that's- <laughs> <laughs> I included myself.
2: Then you, come from <laughs> <laughs> I bet you not the me. I could see you, could see you. Sorry.
1: No, but it's, um, yeah, The there's this myth that everybody who's in cybersecurity or any problem that cybersecurity has mm. is coming from this like malicious person. But when throughout the time that I was doing kind of investigations and things like that most of the problems that i found most of the like incidents that come in are user error most of the things are just people not understanding how to use something making a mistake it's not always that someone has maliciously done anything sometimes it's just someone who's made a mistake Mm. and i think a lot of t- a lot of the time people always assume that in cybersecurity you're battling the bad guys and it's kind of MI5, you know, FBI. <laughs> but most of the time it's a little bit sometimes it's exciting and sometimes it is very MI5 and FBI, I won't lie. Yeah. But most of the time it's boring. And you just have to sit down with a random employee that's made a mistake and say, "Hey, look, you messed up."
3: <laughs>
0: Straight up.
1: <laughs> and that's,
0: okay. that's that.
1: cybersecurity. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. Um. Just based on that, another quick one for me is that you mentioned that people like the common mistake is human error. So, mm-hmm. uh, could you just talk to us real quick about safeguards and best practices?
1: Yeah. Um. I mean, the one that is most important is your passwords, and this is one thing that I always get people asking about when they when they see that I do cybersecurity. Is oh, can you hack my password? Can you hack my Facebook? And it's like, I technically I could because people choose bad passwords. Mm-hmm. It's not that I have any special skills. It's just that you're choosing bad passwords, mm-hmm. and it's things that. You know, someone can look at your Facebook profile and find out maybe your your favourite football team, uh, any children that you have, pets that you have. Those are the things that people choose as their password names, and they don't really do too much to kind of make it special. So they'll put a one, two, three at the end. They'll put an exclamation mark at the end. The best thing to do is to choose... A few random words or even a sentence and do special characters in between the words and that will mean that you have a long password you have a rememberable password like you will remember the sentence that you put in and it's not easy to guess
0: mm, mm, so that's um, yeah sorry the
1: best safeguard that i can say use good passwords and use different passwords for each of your different accounts. Because we all get lazy. Um, yeah, I think that's the best advice.
2: Why don't a lot of places, like av- not even advertise, but like some places you go and you try and put in your password and they recommend how you should set up your password, but they don't recommend the same way you just recommend. they normally say it has to be between eight to 20 characters. Why is even that? Why is 20 a limit? But like eight to 20 characters, including mm-hmm. this, that, and the other. But it makes more sense to have like long passwords that have either sentences or special characters or something that as passwords. Why don't people places recommend the same way you're saying?
1: Um I think it's it's a bit of the kind of security is the last thing that they think about. Yeah. So the eight to twenty characters, they just wanna have it long but short enough so that it doesn't take up a lot of memory.
0: Mm. Mm. Um, I see. Well, um, nice. that's interesting. Uh, like we, we all, the all three of us, we went to the same uni, right? And um, I don't know if you guys remember, um, studying the infosec uh, module, and um, just going in depth about you know the the security possible security breaches that you can get. You know, there was yes. rainbow trees or rainbow tables, is it?
1: Rainbow tables
0: attacks, Ooh. and uh, yeah, it's a scary thing out
1: there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: like, we, like my
0: headphones
3: are like hot <laughs> talking about <input> encryption. <laughs> yeah, denial. So yeah. you Jamal? Now, saying, um I think there's one. Is it denial? Oh, service.
1: Oh, deal. Oh, DDoS attacks. Yeah,
2: D-O. denial of
3: service. Mm, yeah. that?
2: That's the movie you remember.
3: The zombie. I think there's one that it's like a. It's like a bug that stays. That it kind of it reads your, like the the letters you you typed in. Oh, keyloggers. Key keyloggers, Yeah. That's-
1: yeah. There's a yeah. There's a lot of a yeah. lot of threats. A lot of threats in, in the industry.
0: Um. Well. Um. Well. You you touched on it briefly. Briefly. Um. But I think one of the Things that just people don't know or that they're unaware of, because um, you know you think you can trust everybody on, uh, online is social engineering. Um, oh, yes. so, for those who aren't, aren't familiar with that term, could you just mm. discuss and educate us?
1: You're bringing so, a module. We'll continue. <laughs> <laughs> social engineering is basically conning, um, conning or just. Researching very well, mm. so
3: so it's basically. If I t- give
1: a yeah, <laughs> basically, t- 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 <laughs> so it's like if I give an example. Uh, say there's a malicious person and they want to get, say, the password, or they want to get um, they want to get uh, an employee to transfer money, into a bank account they don't know anything about the company yet. So they research the company and then they'll kind of, they'll use different techniques to get close to people in that company to make them trust the malicious person.
4: Mm.
1: So say one day one of the company people gets a call and it's like talking about a project that they're doing. And using words that they know are related to the project, Mm. but the person is completely outside of the company. Um, They shouldn't know all of that information, but through researching and going through anything they can find, they found out that information and that makes you trust them because they know things that you think only a person in the company should know. So they're clearly in the company, right? Mm. So then you tell them even more information. Then they go to the next person get even more information. And then suddenly they're talking to the CEO's secretary and they're saying, oh yeah, a CEO has said transfer this money to this bank account. It's for this project, blah, 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 blah. Secretary thinks everything's okay. They said all the right things. They transfer the money. It's gone. And that's, that's kind of a lot of the scary things because a lot of the time in cybersecurity is people that are the weakest link, you know, and it's the not thinking to double check. So we always have to drill into people that you need to double check, you need to double check. So if, that, if any of those people had gone back and thought, hold up, let me get their name and ask my manager if they know that person, or if the secretary has thought, oh let me see if the ceo actually wants that let me double check and get back to you you know it wouldn't have happened but because we're not trained to think that way things like that they slip through the cracks and people can actually get very it's just it's very easy to fall into the trap
0: mm. social engineering is illegal by the way guys do not do it <laughs> sure.
3: yeah
1: yeah don't do that <laughs>
2: That is insane, though. Business, oh, they use it in so many different facets. Because I know about the um, called cold, cold calling mm. that they use during mm-hmm. touch to actually get like people's bank account details early, so That's just like doing it for a company level where people can actually get to the CEO. That is one Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I, I mean, just on just on research and again going back to what we learned in uni as uh, well, That's. My next, leading to my next question, what are like, companies doing just to mitigate against the risk of you know such data breaches from social engineering?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, from social engineering, the, really the only thing you can do is educate. Mm-hmm. So I know with my company, we have mandatory modules that we have to do every single year that really drill it into our heads. Mm-hmm. If anybody calls you for anything and you're a little bit suspicious... Ask about it, you know. Ask someone. Um, so the thing, the really the only thing about social engineering that you can do is educate people.
4: Mm.
1: Um, but a lot of the time, you know, you you know when your job says you know you need to do these things, and then you you do them during lunch, and you're half looking at your phone, half looking. It's hard to get people interested. So mm. there's things that you can do like team building courses um, where you do scenarios and you go through what could happen and that makes people more interested. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, the only thing you can do is keep keep telling people, hey, this is uh, this is a threat. Remember that, please.
2: Seriously. Uh, Wait, what? I wanted to know what we can do more on a, like, personal level, because I saw one of the questions we have is, like, stuff concerning social media. Because I know that in the workplace, they, they drill stuff into, but I think everybody uses social media just freely um, without yeah. care. And I think even me, I'm sometimes, like, very careless, um, not about what information I post, but how things could be chained together to find mm. people on the internet. Yeah. That's something that scares me. So what can we do individually? be careful, social media, what can and can't we do on social media?
1: So, social media is such an interesting tool and there's so much information out there because uh, say Twitter, you just tweet something one day that comes into your head, you don't really think about it and over the next few days you tweet even more things and I can string together a lot of information about you. So, if you don't want someone to know about a thing don't hint at it in your social media say if you have if you've won the lottery don't hint at oh something great has happened on social media or suddenly post pictures of you know nice designer things when earlier you were you know just posting normal primani and suddenly it's Louis Vuitton, you know? Because I can string together, oh, between these two moments, you've suddenly acquired a lot of wealth. Where did that wealth come from? What's going on here? So a lot of the time, it's also pictures. So if you take a picture of yourself, you don't really think about what's in the background. There's a lot of people who will post pictures of their children. What's in the background of that? Their school uniform, you know. Someone can look at the school uniform, find out which school they go to. And at that point, it's really dangerous because they can call up the school say, oh, so-and-so's mum has been in an accident. I need to pick up this child. The child's gone. So people don't really think about looking at what pictures they post, looking at everything that they're saying, because there's a lot of information that you don't want people to have. So one thing that I always say is think twice and look twice. Look at everything that is in the picture. Even if you're, you've are you got a new job, say, and you put that on LinkedIn. Um, okay, I work at this company now. Thank you for all your support. And you put a picture of yourself, you know, in front of the office first day you don't realize that you have your work badge now i know what your work badge looks like i can copy that and the next time that i'm trying to get into a malicious person is trying to get into that office i know what their badge is supposed to look like i know how to blend in so it's always a matter of always think twice always look twice wow
0: Mm-mm. Um, my next question is probably a question that you probably hate to hear, but I can't resist <laughs> asking it. Uh, and, and it's just to do with the dark web. Uh, and I know my experiences, um, That's I, think, a good question, <laughs> I, I think I remember being influenced just by what I was seeing on TV and just like the early, early stages <laughs> of social media. And, you know, you, you hear about different browsers that you've never heard about before, such as yeah. like Twitter browser cool. or whatever. You see, in this Harvard student, um, there was a case, I think, in 2016 that this Harvard student actually uh, ran, he must have sent, did a ransom on something uh, in his university saying a bomb was going to go off. They tracked back to, (laughs) they tracked back to, they they actually only found him because he logged in on the browser again, Mm -hmm. and that's the way they actually found him. So just these little, little stories, um, you know, you just think, oh, why not? Let me go check it out. Um, <laughs> could you tell us about anything? I didn't do about it. I was too shook. These YouTube videos just said no. <laughs> oh, um, so. Could you just tell us about anything you know about it? I don't think I have a specific question because it's not my experience. But anything,
1: anything I know about the dark web. Um, I mean anything that I would know, you can find out on the internet itself. Hmm. So I don't really. Like to dabble in looking at the dark web because there's a lot of uh, a lot that- of links leading to things that I don't want to see.
2: boy. Um, sorry? No, I started thinking about what's on there. I watched. So you should finish before I make a comment. <laughs> I know I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but um,
1: there, there are a lot of things on the dark web. Many things are just kind of harmless. Once you get into the actual like deep dark web and things get a little bit um, a little bit scary, but you know, I don't I don't think the dark web itself is a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's just people wanting privacy. Mm. But with that darkness of anonymity, also comes criminals. So a lot of times people think of the dark web, they think of drugs, murder, everything bad in this world. Human trafficking. Human trafficking. There's a lot of bad things on there. But there's also people, you know, buying books that are banned in their country. There's a lot of good and bad in anonymity. And it's very much a... uh, it's a moral dilemma of allowing people privacy. And on the other hand, if you allow people privacy, it enables, it enables them to commit crimes.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. You were gonna say something earlier, Marvin. Do you remember?
2: And I know what it is because I've seen, um, it's weird how I've watched stuff from like the infographic show. You guys watch them on um, YouTube? You, you do, Paul. Yep. Jamal, I heard, Have you ever seen anything concerning the infographic show? Um, so, what they do is they get like um, a topic or whatever it is and they start going into depth with it. And then, obviously, they've got the, mm-hmm. the infographics to go alongside it. And I watched ones concerning the Mariana's web, the dark web, and then something else concerning what exactly goes on in certain areas of this. And it can be exactly as like you said it's more of an the you have to use it for good. But then, I don't know if you guys actually want to hear some of the stuff that they have.
1: <laughs> there's, a, there's a
2: lot There's a
3: lot
1: There is a lot When I heard it I was like This is happening On God's Earth Like yeah.
3: On this God's Earth It's happening you See I've, like, watched, okay. I've watched A Netflix series Which is called Darknet If you guys haven't Watched it If you wanna like yeah. from there At least for the, the Listeners as well If you're interested You're curious To see what goes on That There's that a whole series On it on Netflix it talks about
1: all- There's There's a lot
0: the whole paranoia that comes after, though. So, <laughs> paranoia,
2: paranoia. But like, from okay, so this, this next like thirty seconds, I'm gonna say what I saw, and I was like, oh, oh, this is what people are doing. And then immediately, I was desensitized to everything that I could know. I next thirty seconds, starting now. Yeah, I heard that you can buy. How am I gonna explain this? Human skin belts. So you can buy belts made from different parts of human beings right and i was like okay i was like that one is that bad okay that was strike one strike one and i was like <laughs> i'm not gonna jump out yet i didn't realize i should have bailed out the video a time over but it, i heard that and i heard that there's there's different um areas that you can go that you can find out how to prepare human meat to eat. okay fam that's when i was like ah oh. and the thing that was light on the entire video like that's And I don't even think what I've just told you is like the worst part of it. The thing that was light, the lightest was the fact that you can hire people that are like assassins and or you can do illegal trades and um, um, do drug trade. And when I heard that, I was like, ah, that's not that bad. But then when I'm hearing people talk about snuff videos and all this stuff, I was like, what do you, this is actually going on on this earth. And this is the stuff that's happening on channels that we don't actually access. And then you hear that we use, is it what, the top 10% of the internet? Everything Mm. that we interact with every single day. Is it the top 10% or so?
1: It's something like that, but we use very little of the internet.
2: Very (laughs) little. So, Instagram, Twitter, everything, and then anything else they use in your daily life, very little. And then the rest of it is just a madness. Like, I don't understand. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Um,
0: You've really um, got them cannibals out there, man, if they want to, you know, (laughs) experiment with that. But that's that's nice. This,
2: this bit of
0: the cloud. This entire section can be cut out. a question that I have for you is just like did you have to do a technical interview? Uh you know, when getting involved with cybersecurity? Uh and if you did, like what what was that like?
1: Um So because I did um because I'm doing consultancy, it's not As technical as say if I was doing a role such as a security analyst or if I was working on actual like security architecture that kind of thing so for me the kind of technical questions were just kind of uh, you know surface level things that you'll find in like a computer science course Mm -hmm. you know in the in your modules you'll find it um, so things like man-in-the-middle man attacks, things like that, mm-hmm. that came up. Um, just little things that you can talk about to show that you know something about cyber security.
4: Yeah.
1: Because a lot of jobs at my level, like the graduate level, they don't really need you to know everything because they can then build you up and, like,
0: teach you everything that you need to know. Wow, um, I remember I went to uh, one interview that was, um, the role was actually in security as well. And mm. um, uh, just my experiences with that, uh, I think on the on the day I was gassed, you know, I was in my suit, um, I was off there um, on the train, on the tube, going to wherever. I'm not obviously not, not, not gonna disclose who it was for and where I was going. But I get to this location now, and um, prior I'd been sent an email to use like this name, like I'm looking for so and so. Uh, So yeah, I go into there. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for so and so, Um, and it turns out that this name was actually not somebody's actual real name. It was just a it was just a code name sort of thing. Uh, So I get in now. I go I go there. You know, there's all these other people that have been allowed access to this particular part of the building. Uh, and then interviews will run from there. Um, so that that's why, you know, I can definitely relate to um, people's attitudes being of something like, oh, this feels really mi 5 or this is really <laughs> <laughs> like you're the next James Bond or something. Um, but just in the interview, I remember I just because obviously I did compute in a business. Right. Um, so you guys obviously have a more technical background than I do. Uh, but just the questions that I was asked, I just like, boy, how was I meant to prepare for this? Um, so yeah, they grilled me in that interview and it's, it's straight up trauma, man. Um, (laughs) I think I was asked a question, uh, to just compute the Fibonacci sequence. Um, and how would I go about doing that? Number one, um, You know, I with my computing and business uh, modules, there was no math modules. Just just number one, number two, what even is technology? I know now. Um, And number three, the way I froze, it was just crazy. It was, it was so crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I
1: understand. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's definitely there's definitely jobs that will just grow you with all of the, you know, the Google interview questions that they found on the internet, and they now think that they're Google and they want to use them. And you're like, hold up. Okay, you're not Google, please. What's going on? Um, And a lot of the time, people, (laughs) I won't lie, people in cybersecurity, we do like to put a little, a little bit of a veil around it. We like to, you know, make people think that we're doing, all of the MI five stuff.
4: <laughs>
1: but a lot of the time <laughs> I'll be real, a lot of the time it's not MI five stuff.
0: <laughs> so maybe my interview was just having a big a bad day and just decided to pick on me, man. Cause the way I <laughs> the way I left that building and went home was not the same way I entered that building. <laughs> It would just start completely. complete what? Differences.
1: What does What does the Fibonacci sequence have to do with cybersecurity? What's, what's going on?
2: <laughs> Sorry, would just been, I don't know what you're asking. Why does this matter? Like, I would like to be very, very honest. Fibonacci sequence, why? <laughs> <laughs> what am I using it for? What's going on?
0: Mm. Um, so just, just leading on from that, I thought I'd just share my pain to just sneak a, sneak a question in. And What advice do you have to give to anyone up and coming, looking to get into cybersecurity, uh, into the industry?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so from my slightly non-technical perspective, I would say, look at, if you're looking at policies, um, just learn the basics of everything. Like the basics of what policies are needed. So we have like ISO 27001, we have Security Essentials, GDPR. Those are good things to say you know something about. You don't need to know a lot. Mm -hmm. For someone just starting out in a field, you really don't need to know everything. Just show that you have enthusiasm and that you have looked stuff up by yourself because they want to see that you... Have the willingness to learn that you're willing to you know put in the work to actually get somewhere um, from a more technical uh point of view if you want to get started in cybersecurity, um doing things like pen testing that kind of thing uh there's a lot of tutorials online for like kali linux that's always the one that they um they want to push on people uh, and there's lots of tools online that will help you get kind of technical knowledge. Um, things like if you really want to push the boat out, you can do things like bounties, um, bug bounties. That's what they're called. And um, yeah, it's fun to kind of mess around with things. Even if you don't find a problem in an app, Um just looking and being able to say that you've kind of tried to do these things is valuable. It's like it's valuable experience and you'll be able to talk about it.
2: Wow. Bug bounties. Sorry, what's
1: uh, a bug bounty? Ba- I know oh. a- <laughs> So bug bounties are like the programs that are um so companies will put out a bug bounty to say that, oh, if you can find a problem with our product, we'll give you money.
0: Yeah. Oh. I recently man. watched a documentary on uh, one of the highest paid uh, that does um, bug bounties and just his backstory hey. of uh, him growing up. It may have been, was it on Sky? Uh, on that, it was on YouTube. Uh, so of him growing up and him hacking into various things just that will get an arrested left right and center and him yeah. only, him only changing because he had a daughter and realizing that he could use the skills that he'd amassed being the cyber criminal to actually do the bug bounties and generate and you know mm-hmm. like he's one of, the only, he's one of the, like 10 people that actually get paid millions to do this type of thing um, so, yeah, it can be actually quite profit- profitable, but you've obviously got to know your stuff, I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, yeah. You definitely have to know your stuff. But even if you start out and you don't find anything, that's experience because now you know that's not where to look. Uh... So even, even negative things like not finding anything, not getting a bounty, whatever, is still experience. Mm-hmm. And... um yeah, it's a very profitable business. Even if you don't do bug bounties, going into pen testing is very, very profitable.
0: Mm. Um I have a question regarding just like the infosec community. because um, I find like the dev community we're, we're quite collaborative, you know, um, you know, there's a lot of social events going on. Uh everybody's willing to share their story or at least, you know, drop some knowledge on something. Is that yeah. has that been your experience with the Infosec community? Are you guys you guys do you do you guys even want to chat to us? <laughs> 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 um, the thing is,
1: uh, yes and no, we there's an infosec community and there's things like there's conferences and you know, the usual kind of meetups, that kind of thing. And people will share ideas and things like on Twitter there's a big kind of infosec community. And um, yeah, you'll share ideas, share problems that you're having, things like that. But also, you quickly notice that it's also very, um, how do I put this, uh, white and male? Uh, and if you're not that, they're not really interested in too much of what you're saying.
3: Let's mm-hmm. talk about that, that's a bit segue. Oh.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: That is, yeah. I mean, that's, that that opens the door to another yeah. massive conversation on how you find, you know, being a, a young black female in the industry.
1: Um, it is. Uh, it's hard, but also, I enjoy it because, as I'm growing and as I'm showing people that I belong here, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm doing. More so that the next person after me, who's not white and male, can come through easier than I did. Mm. So the thing is, on my team and my company, there's a lot of women, but not a lot of non, non-Caucasians.
4: Okay.
1: Um, so there's always, there's always little things that you, you just think, oh, okay. So
0: that's how it is. I see. <laughs> <think. laughs> like that. Um, we, we've had people previously come on uh, the podcast, you know, to chat to us and uh, mm-hmm. their experiences. Maybe being um, the first black woman at a company. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, one really shared her experience and said how she felt like the token black person. Um, mm-hmm. do, do you sort oh, of yeah. did you experience that? Is that how you know sometimes you may have been feeling in the early days, maybe?
1: Um, the thing is, it's like, I have experienced that from uni. Mm. So in in the the computer science course was 300 people. There were maybe 20 girls. Mm. And of those 20 girls, I, all of the non-white girls were my friend group. (laughs) It was literally like five people.
4: I shouldn't laugh.
1: <laughs> it's, it's funny because it's like you know, it's literally it was just us, and you know I, I you, think you go. Yeah, I mean, through... you happened
3: automatically, like as soon as you saw them, yeah. Like you didn't even <laughs> know anything. You just know this is my friend already because I'm gonna to chat to.
1: You <laughs> yep, it really just you see them in the lecture hall, and it's just like ah yes, hi. Yeah,
3: Best friends over here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> i
4: What mean, so do you, do the that. <laughs> what you say, was sir? What
1: you say I can't hear
3: you. Oh, you can hear me now?
1: Yes.
0: Okay, cool. Now, same um, Yeah. yeah. So carry on, basically. Uh, I think is
1: what. Oh yeah, um. So, (laughs) so there were like five black girls, and you know, there was at one point it was like, we we were talking to a friend of ours, and he'd mentioned one of us to you know one of the other people in the course, and he just said, "Oh, is she one of the black girls?" That's how it's literally, like, you know, the tokens. Like, we're not very, we're not, there's not a lot of us, you know. So I've come to terms with knowing that if I'm going somewhere, I probably will be the only black girl. If I'm not the only black girl, I'll be definitely outnumbered by everybody else. So, you just kind of have to, you have to kind of come to terms with that knowledge, but you don't have to be happy with it. Because if you keep being disappointed, then you'll just think, oh, I'm not worthy of being here. I'm just, Hmm. I'm just one of, you know, an outsider.
0: Yeah, that imposter syndrome. Yeah.
1: So, I... I've kind of just thought of it as, okay, so I'm the only person here that looks like me, that has my experiences. I'm going to share my experiences, make sure that other people who are like me, who want to be in my place, know that they can be here and just make it easier for people because it is hard being the only black person, a lot of the time you'll get some off color jokes and you're like, Um,
2: oh
1: boy. <laughs> I, I see you know
2: it's, uh, <laughs> that almost even labeled that um well <laughs> it's, <not.
1: laughs> hey, yo. it's really it's really one of them it's like, uh you know, hi, HR, how's it going? me again, um
2: <laughs> <laughs> again. <laughs> me again, yo John's a bit, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's improving though. I think more and more black women are actually like come up, are coming up in tech. Like From what mm-hmm. I've been seeing just yeah. in our podcast, it is a lot more black like, females that we are coming across, at least coming into the industry. Yeah. I'm saying coming in as if we've even been there for too long, but like there's a lot more <laughs> than we've seen before. You know what I mean? A lot more than that. Yeah you to, so it's, it's good to have like someone like yourself so in InfoSec because I didn't even realize if we were going into InfoSec like that, I was black, you know. Where it's even yeah. yeah,
1: it's it, whenever I talk to anybody in InfoSec, they're not usually, you know, but <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know, it's.
1: It's, a, it's an experience, and I try and make the best of it. And I'm just hoping if I say, oh, I'm an infosec, as many times as possible, one day a black girl's going to think, oh, infosec, that sounds interesting, and then she'll join, and then another person will join, another person will join, and then there'll be many of us, and it won't be so awkward. Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So so based on that, um, I think we'd all agree that it is important to build a community around, you know, these various roles in tech. Yeah. Um, I think just if you don't know, if you're, or if you don't know anybody in tech, you would just feel like, okay, you know, I can g- grow up to be a software engineer, you know, software dev, maybe. Yeah. Uh, get into cybersecurity. But as I said before, you know, all you'd think of is hacking, and that's really not mm. all there is to it. Yeah. Uh,
1: Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely something that I try and tell people all the time that it's not just hacking. And if you, if you want to do cybersecurity, but you don't think that you can hack right now, you can come in through a different angle. You can do policies, you can do, I'm currently doing uh, supplier reviews and doing all of that kind of thing for companies. So you, there's many different ways into cybersecurity, And once you're in, you have the ability to move around because you now know these people who do hacking or do whatever else you want to do. Um, So you can ask them how they're doing that and learn from them, and you can move into that space. Mm. So I wouldn't, I never want anyone to feel like they're not smart enough to be in cybersecurity because a lot of people in cybersecurity aren't that smart. We're not special is you just have to have a passion and just go for it
0: mm. um okay uh, i think i have just one more question just uh on the actual infosec community um one thing that i've noticed of just the dev community is that uh just the ease and convenience of collaboration um mm. let's say like you know a breach was to happen uh the infosec in fact i'd imagine you'd have to be quite collaborative right Maybe it's um, a problem or a breach or...
1: In in infotech, you can't really be very collaborative if something serious is happening because it's internal to a company. Of
0: course, yeah.
1: So we're definitely... Uh, the thing is, I can't even talk about most of the things that I do. I can't mention any clients. I can't mention anything that's mm. happening. So there's always a level of sensitivity to information that makes it hard to collaborate. Mm. The things that we can collaborate on is if we see a new threat that we've never seen before, you can tell other people, hey, look out for this, Mm. you know. And that's kind of how InfoSec have worked out to collaborate without, you know, sharing, oh, God, my company has had a major breach through this threat because that all... We'd be out of a lot of jobs.
0: <laughs> 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 um, okay, uh, so enough enough uh, tech talk for for the meantime. Um, is there anything, any interest, any hobbies that you're into just outside of tech, outside of work? It's
1: oh, <laughs> <laughs> about me. Um, yeah, I try to do a lot of things. Uh, I'm a Jack of all trades, master of none. Really, um, I like to do. <laughs> I like to do sports. I like martial arts. Oh, um, I like ultimate frisbee, <laughs> which is.
4: Uh, <laughs> I don't know
1: how many people have heard about ultimate frisbee. It's a great ultimate. game. Um, yeah, sorry. What is ultimate frisbee? It's frisbee but
2: ultimate. It's frisbee <laughs> but ultimate.
1: Yeah, Frisbee but ultimate. So you basically it's a mix between netball, uh it's kinda of netball, basketball, what? football but with a frisbee, and it's great. It's wonderful, I love
2: it. I to um <laughs> go go look on YouTube for that.
1: Mm. It's so much fun.
2: Okay. What else? What else? Is that anything you um, want
1: to recently? What else? I, uh, yeah, I paint. I read. I, uh, I'm learning to play violin. Mm. Um, it's been terrible. <laughs> uh, my neighbours do hate me, um, I think. <laughs> but I'm learning. So.
2: It's still sad. Better to do nothing, especially in pandemic. Uh,
3: uh,
1: yeah.
3: That's what's keeping you busy during quarantine.
1: Exactly, it's keeping me busy and my neighbors unhappy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, God intended. <laughs> All right. Um, do you have anything you want to ask us?
1: Um. Yeah. What made you give this like podcast thing a, a start? What What made you start this?
0: That is funny. I was expecting that question. Um, therefore, <laughs> let, 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 let's hand it off, Marvin. What do you think?
2: Paul was just like, "Yeah, we're gonna start a podcast. Um, are you in it?" And then me and Jamal were like, "Yeah, let's go for it innit? <laughs> 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 I, I think it was more of um, because obviously we have the different personalities. We've all gone to the same uni. We've all just started like doing work within the exact same kind of field. We've known each other for at this point five, six years, and it's like we getting into just uni itself doing our course there's not that many people that you see that look like you. So the fact that we were easy <laughs> to make friends, is kind of like a positive and negative thing. It's a bit of a sweet thing, because it's good that we were able to pinpoint each other. But yeah. then I'm thinking it's probably not the best thing that you can walk into a room and just count how many Black people there are in the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. Essentially, yeah. you and your girls. So <laughs> I think when Paul came and approached us, it's just having an idea that we can represent and actually have something to talk about as Black Mm-hmm. Now, young adults, fully entering um, um, the field and actually seeing what that you can add to, yes. to, you know, the discussion, and really, really just present ourselves as people that are within um, computing sector, the computing sector, and actually showing that you know there's more than just black people as businessmen and scientists. We are a different form of scientists. We are computer scientists, and getting more people
0: yeah, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, walking into said room of computer scientists, you just see the black clot in the same corner of the room. You know, <laughs> peek, peek out, and, you know, it's, it's, I think at the time, you know, you're so used to going into university, you're so used to going into these classrooms. And because you're not the one conducting a lecture or whatever it is, you don't actually realize the cycle that you're getting into you know coming into the lecture room sitting with the same group of black people and it's just like yeah just beyond you yeah (laughs) there's nobody else like you um but yeah i think that's exactly it i think um you know in starting this it was initially a great idea just for us to keep in touch um one thing that i would admit on my part is maybe i was a bit ignorant in that i didn't actually know that the Dev community or the tech community, I should say, was maybe as in some areas. Let me let me be specific. In some areas, I didn't actually know the dev community was as black as it as it was, uh, especially yeah. in, you know there I'm there.
1: Are, there's a lot of there's a
0: lot, lot. lot of. Us. There's a lot. Um, and just in my research, just, to, just a research and what we can do, how we can get out there. One thing I noticed was that there's a lot of programs, maybe to introduce you how to get into programming, but mm. nothing really out there that would talk on, you know, people in the industry, uh, people sharing their thoughts on whatever current news there may be happening. Um, so yeah, I think it was just a really spontaneous thing. It's like I had the idea and I was just like, boom, let's do it. There's not much thought behind it. Let's just get into it and do it. Um and I for me personally I haven't looked back. I don't know about you guys.
2: Mm. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you said it all but I think it's 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 very much that like we 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 are just we are here, baby. <laughs> 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 we are out here, we we're just showing I yeah.
1: yeah. like that.
0: Mm. Um, so yeah, if we have any more Infosec, secure, uh, infosec uh, questions, um, where can we reach you? Where can we get at you? Yeah. You
1: can get at me on Twitter at Black Girl Cyber because I'm a black girl in cyber. So that's where, <laughs> that's where you can find me most of the time. I'm also on Instagram a little bit, but not really. And um, yeah, mm. just anytime anyone wants to Ask me anything about Infosec, how to get into Infosec, being a black girl or whatever else, you know. I'm always open to questions and always open to talking to people.
0: That's great. Um, And just lastly, what are your sort of aspirations just going in the future? Or better still, what would you like to see just in the future, let's say five years? Mm. Oh, in
1: five years? Um... For myself or for anything, oh, okay,
2: recruiters' <laughs> question. Where do you see yourself?
1: About? It is um, <laughs> I'm I've always been very ambitious, uh, but I really love learning actually, and me, I want to. Go back to uni, do a master's, hopefully, hopefully, pray to God, do a PhD, and then come back and be a boss at cybersecurity and be great.
0: I'm expecting to see Hull University in that CC email.
1: Listen, we're not going back to Hull. She is not uh, going back to Hull. On to bigger and better big, big things, please. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You were like, I'm hoping to see Hull. <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> you know, I'll be back in Hull to, you know, talk to people and whatever else, we're not going back to learn.
4: <laughs>
1: it's been enough at Hull. It's a, it's a good university. I learnt a lot of things. We ain't going back.
0: Make it seem like a bad ex.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, guys, do you, do you have anything else you'd, you'd like to ask Aisha? What country are you from?
1: Oh, what country am I from? Um, <laughs> interesting question. I am German, but I am Nigerian.
0: Hey. So oh, funny. okay. I did not expect that.
1: Yeah, lots of people don't expect it. I'm German, I was born in Germany. Um and I am a quarter German and three quarters Nigerian. So,
3: uh, so what um tribe are you then?
1: Yoruba. Hmm. Out here. <laughs> out. We are out here. There's a lot of us. Gang gang.
3: We <laughs> <laughs> <You're> out
1: here.
3: We <laughs> fully out here, mama. You listening, we out here, man.
2: You want me to leave the call at this moment now, like right now, like five seconds ago?
3: Hey, we out here. You Hey,
2: hey,
1: hey! What are you? Tell me.
2: I'm not Nigerian.
1: I okay. What are you? What? Where? Where are you from?
2: Oh, I'm so Nigerian. <laughs> you didn't want to save your chest. <laughs> I'll save my chest, but there's three of you, and even though I can come with them. this. Know. Oh. She knows. She knows a martial art. I don't want to come. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, i leave. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's okay. The teachings of martial arts is that you use it only in self-defense.
0: Self-defense. Mm. Um, yeah, but I'm a uh, I'm well. My heritage is of Jamaica and um, Nigeria.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but did you guys see the the uh, no signal ten v ten?
0: Oh yeah. gosh. I saw it at all.
1: <laughs> so, which side were you?
0: It was difficult. I. Uh, it was. It was difficult. You know what? Just anything really that goes kind of sort viral, I just stay away mm-hmm. from, just because I don't want no smoke. Um. So I, I completely avoided <laughs> the TL that night. I have been avoiding the TL for the past week and a half. This <laughs> thing going on, just because of the conversations that it just led to. It was just mad.
1: There
0: um, There's a lot of madness happening on the TL. You know,
3: um, I, I know you're talking, I know you People. I, I heard. It wasn't here, a lockdown. We won't be seeing those tweets.
0: Yeah, of course. I, I heard it was. Um, was it Vibe's Cartel versus uh, Burner Boy? It was. Or was it Popcorn? Popcorn, Popcorn versus. versus. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yeah. It so. Was so it's, versus uh, Vibe's Cartel. Okay. Burner Boy
1: versus Popcorn.
0: Yeah, yeah. Again, like if if it ca- if that was tonight again, I'll just go from that to you. <laughs> you can't ask me to choose. It doesn't. It's not as easy as that in my mind.
2: Um, um, I like the fact that Ninety Baby said it straight. It was just like it wasn't even the fact that it's a what's it Caribbean versus Nigeria, but because it's both people that are from these countries, you man turned it into you in for a World Cup. Yeah. It was- <laughs>
1: <laughs> a madness. The way that they were tweeting, tweeting, tweeting everything mm. that we were people, were people were angry that day.
2: Mm. I've been staying away from Twitter for time, fam. Twitter's a wild place. You guys going to be having argument over songs that
0: these
1: Twitter is a really wild place. They will, they will drag you for an hour and a half, everything.
0: Wow. You know what's mad? It wasn't. It wasn't always like that. Like I remember early uni days when Twitter was fairly recent. It was not nowhere near. You know, similar, but obviously everything has its own you know growth sort of cycle. And wait, are you sure? I'm positive.
2: Where were you on Twitter? Twitter? Just look at Twitter as a world. What part of this world were you in? <laughs> I was seeing a madness. From this. <laughs>
0: Of course, you're you're gonna get your your odd, you know, disrespect out of there. But just it wasn't as normalized as it is now.
4: Yeah, like yeah. you don't
0: you don't see like pretty much nine out of ten viral tweets you see is someone getting disrespected, and that's 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 just to me to me it's crazy. It's
2: massive. <laughs> look. You man that came from Tumblr and you came to Twitter, you ruined the fun for everybody.
0: Okay,
2: <laughs> 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 uh, okay, I, was, okay, I can see how it is. It is. <laughs> uh, huh? I was never. It oh, sorry if I came from you. I, I'm sorry I didn't. I didn't expect I was going only coming for your next. But come from. <laughs> you Man, know, I came from Tumblr. You came. You did the madness. Wow, oh, here just looking at you like you see this guy.
3: <laughs> yo, these men are horny.
1: Me like, what's going on? <laughs> Bruh. The Tumblr- nah, the kids. The kids that actually came from Tumblr to Twitter because I quit Tumblr way before they they ruined Tumblr. Yeah.
4: Right. Mm-hmm.
1: The kids that switched over, oh god, it's so much. They, they actually need um, they need help. <laughs> um,
3: See, yeah. I didn't know this. I didn't know this.
2: The point that people we were cutting from Tumblr that they came here, and I'm seeing the stuff that I was hearing was there is now in my face, and I'm like, wait, <laughs> it's now it's on, on the about- TL. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of. people. <laughs> It just, it's just a bad place. And now all this can tie into you concerning your job. The security of Twitter, how well is it? Is it actually effective? Because we're, we're now looking at how people use platforms such as Facebook and or Twitter to affect um, the elections in, was it 2016? Um. 16 elections for Trump. And mm. all of that. Can people utilise Twitter in some... Go on.
3: No, go on. I'm trying to remember the company that aided um, um, Trump's victory, but they're 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 not here anymore. They're in a I'm trying to remember the name.
2: But is it is it that people can like use? How effective is it that people can use bots to influence public opinion on a mass
3: scale?
1: Mm. This is actually very interesting because I saw something a few days ago and it was a UK politician, and he was filmed um, clapping for the NHS, right? And in the video, he turns to the camera and goes, do you have what you need, right? And the video goes on and he's like, so that I can bring, so his daughter was standing across the road so that she wasn't in the picture, right? And he goes, so that I can bring my daughter back. A bot took that, Crop video put on Twitter said, Look at your politicians. He's doing it for the camera. Blah, 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 blah. Went viral. Everyone's talking about it. It's in the news. The cameraman now comes and says, No, he asked me to move so that he can bring his daughter back. What are you on about? But people have already made their opinion. A lot of the time, people do not stop to think about is this true? Is this what's really happening behind the scenes? You don't think to read the article once they've read the headline. Mm.
4: Uh, a
1: lot of the time, journalists will play into it as well. They will post something with a scandalous headline, and then you click on the article. It has nothing to do with whatever they said in the headline. And when you have the bots that are just putting this out onto everybody's TL, right, you get that is exposed to a lot of people and a lot of people will just take it at face value Mm. so it is a very social media is a very dangerous game because once you get into people's heads and you can affect what they think Mm. then you now have power that is that before social media you never would have thought that this kind of power exists where you can touch literally millions of people
0: just from one tweet i said it loves a villain I, i'm telling you they'll put a villain on, on the pedal store asap
4: overnight
3: um the company was yeah marvin's cambridge Analytica. that's the
2: one okay sorry i don't know i'm jumping like this sorry <laughs>
0: that was it was crazy um just based on that, um, and the fact that you asked another question as well, it doesn't have to be your professional opinion. I realize it may be too soon for me to be even asking this question, uh, but just personal opinion and uh, thoughts behind the 5G, whether you have any? Do you um, have
1: any? <laughs> I, uh, 5G, everyone's going kind of crazy about it. Um, from a security standpoint, uh, <laughs> it's the people who are building the system this are guy. very much <laughs> trusted in the security cycle. Um, so there's companies that I shall not name, uh, right. cause I don't want to be murdered in my
4: sleep.
1: <laughs> 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 that people don't really trust with security anymore. And we're putting a lot of trust in them to build systems that everybody's supposed to use. So I'm just like, okay, you know, that's what you think is right. Um, But yeah, 5G's interesting. I don't really see much point. I've heard that it takes a lot of battery power, but all these people saying 5G caused coronavirus, I don't know what's happening with that one. Um,
2: They're not okay. Wait, we're going to have to say it offline. I want to hear what these companies are, and I'm not going to go and receive information anywhere. <laughs> but... <laughs>
0: yeah, social engineer, attack you, Marvin. <laughs>
2: I'm going to
0: leave now. I'm
2: <laughs> going <gonna> to exit <laughs> right now. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, any any more further questions?
2: I had one that I lost it I really had one that I lost it I'm (laughs) I'm actually really annoyed I had one and it's gone
1: Have you asked all the questions from the
0: I
2: think we covered them somehow
0: I I think um, my approach towards them Was just not to be too invasive Of what you actually do at work Because uh, obviously that's a bit much Um, Yeah. Yeah
2: and if they come for you They're immediately coming for us next (laughs) <laughs> and you just have the security, it's not going to be hard to find us after. I wow. <laughs> <laughs> Twitch stream, they'll find me tomorrow. <laughs> they'll find me today.
1: <laughs> Actually, really, like, people don't understand that there's a lot of information on the internet. Why? So, um, you know, if you uh, Google some someone's name, uh, and just start from there. A lot of things I'm you'll find out a lot of myself,
0: things. Myself, yeah, I've done that myself, yeah. <laughs> that's why. Right, uh, that's why if you're Nigerian and you have a common surname, you're
1: calm. It's actually true. If you have a common surname, it's hard to find you. But I just remember one time, uh, I looked up this woman, and I realised that in the country that she's in, uh, they have a database of people's addresses, and they're linked to their name. And I, <laughs> I clicked on the link, and it literally told me the street, the house number, and that she lives on what floor she lives and where her door is on that floor. What the hell? And I said, that can't be right. Is that oh. in the UK? It's not in the UK. Okay,
2: okay, okay. Can't be, can't be.
1: But I literally, I, I thought to myself, huh, there's a lot of information
0: here. Guys, That's if you ever want to change scary. career prospects, you know, approach me offline. In <laughs> you guys, if you're serious. <laughs> That's
2: crazy. That is great. I have a friend, but I want to say, there's one thing you used to do at um, secondary school. I would do an IT and you just ask you, like, oh, what's your full name? And from your full name, you'll get your, <laughs> you know this Look at your life, where you were born, where you've been for the last, like, however many years. Um, If you. Bro, you'll know where you're born, where you've been for the last few years, which schools you've attended, all that kind of issue. Just from your name and all that. I mean,
1: there's a lot of of data online. It's scary. Like, the thing is, it's like we talk about data privacy and all that. And it's so important because these companies know so much about you already. Like there was oh there was one thing that I saw online. It was um there was one that was a woman that didn't Google knew she was pregnant before she knew she was pregnant. Just from her search, the way that she was searching, Google knew she was pregnant before she did.
0: That is nuts. It's coming right? at me. Oh my God.
1: And it started a giving her for baby clothes and things like that.
2: If, that's that's Black Mirror. Imagine <laughs> that. Oh. she knew she was
3: pregnant. <laughs> and Can you imagine? How did that story get out? I, I want to know, like.
1: Because she, she was like, how did they know to give me these adverts, what's going on? Okay. And then you end it's
3: up?
1: Just, it's just from the information that they have on you. There's literally so much information. And the thing is, it's like, people don't really care too much, but then they, these companies are using your information in ways that you don't even know. Like, there's one case of this guy who, he got pulled into a case that was, a I think, a robbery. And he was like, how am I involved with this? I don't know these people. I don't know what's going on. And it's because Google gave the police his, um, the location information of the people that were around. And he was riding his bike past the house as it was happening.
0: That's mad, man. That is crazy. The,
1: police, the police came and questioned him because he was in the area. How did they know from Google?
2: In America,
1: that wasn't
2: that was in America, wasn't it? I think so. That
0: must have been America because I do here, um, oh wow! So how how pivotal then do you think like the yeah, GDPR laws were? You know, what did it make a massive difference, or is it make a massive difference? Or
1: um, I think uh, it does make a massive difference just because now people actually have to think about data privacy yeah. because um this is actually so funny before i um before i graduated and i wasn't doing cyber security i was doing data entry for for a company and this was just as gdpr came in and they had me literally manually copy all of the data that people just had about people on their on their desktops into a system that would have it secure
2: what on their desk
1: what literally they would have data about people in this company they'd have data about people that were they were like cold calling whatever else on their desktops on their outlook just in random emails whatever else no security behind it whatsoever and i had to manually write everything out, copy it into an actual system, delete all of the files from the desktop. And that was my job for a whole summer. Like GDPR really shook things up because people were, were like, oh, we have a lot of data about people that's just sitting, sitting wherever.
3: Marvin, mm-hmm. <laughs> wow, you okay?
2: I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> These are people we trust about information like that. That's the thing. Because there's a point where I said at this point there is no use caring what information I think they have about me because just existing in the world as it is right now all of my information is already out there. But, yeah. Everything. I think the thing that just got me is the people that are handling it. Like
1: mm. The thing is it's like you have to have a balance between you can't care about everything and it's hard to care about everything when you know you need to use Google, you need to use these things in your day-to-day life. So they're going to have information about you anyway. But at the same time, you kind of have to care because how are they using your information and who is handling it and what are they doing to protect it? Because they're you'll hear about it literally every single month, week, whenever. The mishandling of data is so prevalent in just in tech companies, in all kinds of companies. And people will just leave databases of your personal data online. Pass- no password, no nothing, just for anybody to find because they didn't think about how it's handled.
0: Life. Mm. Nice. I, I agree with you. I think it's definitely in, um, important. Like When the whole Cambridge Analytica, Analytica scandal went up in air, I did my best to go on my even though it was long, to go on my Facebook just to ensure like, the permissions were just there, delete any nonsense there. And even like, with what you're seeing recently with like, all of the cancel culture, I'm not going to lie, I deleted old Facebook messages. They're gone. You can't find them no more. So um, I definitely do agree with you that, you know, it's changed people's attitudes because now that have the awareness, they have the exposure mm-hmm. and there isn't an excuse anymore. Like literally you go and visit a site. The first thing you will see is we value your privacy. When at home, but we value your yeah. privacy. Go through these settings. And I actually click onto those settings, see what's checked, see what's unchecked, um, go into the extra settings, press remove mm-hmm. all and save. So, <laughs> I, I mean, it takes about a minute, but it makes all the difference, to me anyway. It really uh, does make
1: a difference. Really
0: in browsing history. Sorry, you saying?
1: It really does make a difference because when you click uh, accept, accept all of these preferences or whatever else, just to get the pop-up out of the way, you don't actually know what you're accepting all to. See, so there's a thing. The thing is, it's like, even as a cybersecurity like consultant, I fall into that trap as well. Whenever I'm trying to do something really quickly and it's just a big pop-up, I just press accept all. But then you actually look at the settings and they want a lot of information. The same with apps on your phone. They want a lot of information. Things like, what was it? TikTok. TikTok is booming right now.
0: I saw that. I was trying to explain to these guys. You, you saw the The video I sent you, right? Well, sorry to cut you, carry on.
1: Nah, so, well, with TikTok, the permissions that you give the app is like, oh, they can look at what you're typing on your phone, right? They can see what you're typing. It's not when you send it that they see it, it's when you're typing it. How many things do you type on your phone, right? They can see your location, they can see um, your browser history. They can see a lot, a lot, a lot of things. And it's the permissions that you give these apps. Like you said, yeah, sure, take my information.
3: Okay.
0: Just, just to add on to that, I just want people to understand that this is not while you're using the app. The app <laughs> is in the background. Oh,
1: just, just on your phone. If you have the app on your phone and you've pressed accept, They can look at whatever you're doing on your phone. The
2: app is free. (laughs) You're from the
1: commodity. The thing that I keep telling people is you have to understand that data is valuable. Because how is Google a multi-million, billion-dollar company and Google is free? How is that? How is Facebook a billion-dollar company and Facebook is free? You are the product.
3: Ow. <laughs> I A <stole> him. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Just
2: flip everything around, It's a scary, it's a scary it's, reality.
1: It's a scary reality, but you have to you have to take that power because if you're the product, if they're selling everything that Facebook has relies on you, right? It relies on you, what you want. And if Facebook is doing something with your data that you don't want, then just stop using Facebook. Stop it. And it's they will have random. to change. But people don't care enough to say, okay, we're not having this.
2: And what's the, what's the ethics when it comes to using something like TikTok? Because you don't care enough about what you're allowing, but then it's like TikTok is in the hands. It's a youth-driven driven app. And the youth is like, what, from the ages at this point of like maybe three all the way up to the age of 16, 17. Do you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. how, how are they tracking all this information from young, like, adolescent to now teenagers? And how is that?
0: You, you have to deep, like, all of the ethics that we talk about, it's very dependent on where you are and where you're from. Like very much, TikTok is, it's not like it's a, a British company. It's not an American company. It's a Chinese company. And, you know, they may see the ethics in a totally different spectrum than, you know, the whole world does. So that might not even be a deep thing to them. And not many people actually know that. It is actually a Chinese company.
3: Remember, yeah. what, remember yeah. what I was saying to you about um, the whole AI thing over there, how you go into a shop And it's really beautiful.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, you know, their whole ethics, I don't even think we can even question about ethics because they would say, you know, that's their culture. So.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of things that are, the differences between cultures and differences from country to country. But you, you as a person, you have to think about, like, how your information is being used by that company in that country. Mm. Because the thing is, there will be a lot of conspiracies and whatever else, but if you think about it, if now, however many people are using this one app in, say, the UK or America, that's a lot of information about the people in that one country that now a company in a different country has. And information is gold like information is the most valuable thing that exists right now. Like if you think of the, the most profitable companies, and it's all companies like Microsoft, it's all companies like Google, Facebook, you know, and they all handle information.
2: Microsoft is a bit of a gray
1: area,
0: though. I think what we've is- depressed people. <laughs> I, I think it's just shocking. It's it's. we have helped them. Yeah.
4: Those I hope it helps somebody.
1: But the thing is, it's like a lot of people also get very paranoid and they think everybody's watching them and the FBI is in their webcam and everything else.
3: Yeah, you have people from one chill. episode of Black of Black uh, Mary. Please do. That people have have cl- closed <laughs> <them> right here. <laughs> So you like, just, you, when you see it, like, oh, this person's watched Black Mirror. That's how I know. When I see someone, else Black Mirror, like, oh, you watch it okay
1: Like the thing is, it's like obviously these things happen, but you can't you can't live in like this me- mental state of paranoia where everything oh, you're you're being watched everywhere. Like you have to live and you have to you have to do the best that you can. Yeah, but like. As a normal person in your normal town doing your normal job, nobody really cares. The FBI That's isn't watching you. Um, <laughs> like it's not, it's not. You're not like. As sad as it is, you're not important enough to be watched.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so just, just calm down.
2: But if you download Tor browser or try and go on the dark web, you're going. You're gonna be put on a list. You're gonna be put on a list somewhere. There,
1: there's
2: a list there's a list somewhere definitely a list. <laughs>
1: definitely
2: a list my name is Lonnie thank God we <laughs> <laughs> thank God this is wild out, man. all
0: right uh, anything from anyone else any comments anything
2: yeah, if you're sad about what we spoke about earlier um, cry about it in a corner and then when you're done <laughs> you your social security and all that kind of stuff because we've helped you she has helped you today just saying <laughs> <laughs> wow all right Oh
1: my He's God. fully frozen.
2: Oh, yes, we've fully lost frozen, him. Yeah. okay. have oh, Okay. There it is. We're back.
3: <laughs> you got any, any questions? Anything? All well, I'll just say is, I Keep doing your thing, man. Don't worry, we here, we rocking with you. Thank you. Keep, keep going, man. Keep.
1: Thank <laughs> you very much. And you guys, that, like, well done on this. This is actually, like, when I first saw uh, your podcast. I think I think I actually saw your podcast a few days before you reached out to me. Swear. Yeah, and I was I literally thinking I was like, oh, I've made it.
0: <laughs>
1: I've made it. someone <laughs> wants to be on their podcast. I've made it. <laughs> you know.
0: So you were and thinking that maybe maybe Twitter is tracking you. You <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: look at this guy, man. Hey, come on, we good people, man. <laughs>
0: oh, an episode recently. Have you seen Aisha? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no it's really like this is a really good thing that you guys are doing and i know that having having just seen your podcast and seeing how you're talking to people it really is helpful to people that want to come into the space and just keep doing it keep growing bigger and better things bigger and better
0: amen thank, thank
1: you
2: man, baby. yeah sorry
0: all right Uh, this has been a technology podcast thank you for listening peace